In the past month, I've had three evaluators mention my posture. Well, as a 60-year-old woman, that is a lot of notice. So I decide I need to do something about this. Exactly what does my posture have to do with Toastmasters in the end of the calendar year? I was surprised to find that there really is a relationship. Are you willing to commit an hour a week to improve your personal life and your career? Welcome to Toastmasters, where in about an hour a week, we can teach you public speaking and leadership skills. You will change your life as you improve your communication skills and discover the leader inside you. This is Toastmasters 101. I'm your host, Kim Cradgee. After hearing about three too many comments about how I was standing during a speech, I realized that I can't ignore this problem. It's going to have a long-term impact on my life if I do not address it now. Do you ever look at your life and think the same thing? In the U.S., it's common to take stock at the end of the year at what we've accomplished and what we want to do next year. We make New Year's resolutions with every intention of keeping them. This is the time of the year when gym memberships are purchased, an investment in a class or a book to make my life different in 2020. I promise to save more money, lose more weight, finish that project. Been there and done that? Yeah, most of us have. When I recognized my slouching, I was ready to do something about it. I started a multi-pronged attack on the problem with a full analysis. Oh, who am I kidding? I'm about as likely to do a multi-pronged analysis as I am to grow wings and fly. Sitting up straight hurts, so I slouch, and it's affecting me in a very negative way. I spoke to a physical trainer, and he's given me some exercises to strengthen my back. The first lesson I learned... I can hurt myself leaning against a wall. Yes, I did that. My trainer gave me a ball to roll up the wall, and then when I got it as high as I could, I was to lean into the ball while keeping my shoulders down and back. I did exactly what he told me, and my back and my shoulders and my upper arms started screaming in pain. I guess that's proof that I need to do something to change. It's not just my ego about looking like a hunched over old lady. Is there something in your life that hurts when you try it? Is the pain enough to make you stop? Or is your need, whether it's physical, mental, or emotional, going to make you push through that pain? There's a lesson in there about public speaking. Even if you're afraid, you get up and do it, right? Even if it looks as simple as leaning against a wall, you're going to discover pain points and muscles you need to stretch and strengthen. The second lesson I learned is that I have to be constantly aware of my posture. In a single split second, I can go from standing upright to slouching and I don't even notice it. Sitting at dinner or standing at my computer I don't even notice yet when I start to slump. It's going to take practice and mindfulness to overcome this very bad habit. I actually feel like a jack-in-a-box, up, down, up, down, up, down. And then my shoulders start edging up and I have to push them down. There are more parts to my posture 
than I ever guessed. Trying to pay attention to all the parts of public speaking takes a lot of work. If you're new to Toastmasters, don't expect to learn everything in a single week and just walk away. It's about practice and awareness of what you're doing and when you're not doing it. One of the things that I love about Toastmasters is that I get to try new things at meetings. I can crash and burn, or I could soar and fly. I get the same feedback from my evaluators, just like I do from my back when I'm sitting properly or hunched over, the warnings and the approvals. Lesson three surprised me. Overcorrection is a problem. In an attempt to make progress with my posture, I've been overextending. My back is supposed to have a natural curve. Dancers and physical therapists call this a neutral back. Overextending and standing ramrod straight is not ideal, but I keep moving back there because I've forgotten what my back is supposed to feel like in its natural position. It's like I think I have to do more than what is necessary to get my back into the proper position. This causes its own set of problems. Other muscles start to hurt. I lose mobility. My knees and feet already have enough pressure on them naturally. This distortion makes it worse. This posture problem did not get this bad in a single day, and I'm not going to fix it in a single day. I need to relax, literally. If you're not having fun at a Toastmasters meeting, I think you may be doing it wrong. Sure, it's natural to be nervous as you're learning new skills, and it's normal and necessary to learn how to overcome stage fright and find that natural, neutral spot where you can relax and be open to improvements. Experienced Toastmasters have gone through this too. But at the same time, we're working to improve our skills too. There's no such thing as a perfect speaker or a perfect speech. We have a lot to learn still. I've been to a few not fun Toastmasters Club meetings. It's a sign of significant problems. Maybe somebody is worried that too much fun means we aren't taking Toastmasters seriously enough. I've had a few conversations, vocal and virtual, where you're not doing Toastmasters right seems to be more important than helping our members achieve their goals. Let's everybody take a breath. <sighs> Relax. Which leads me to lesson number four. Whoever designed the seats in my car does not care about my posture. It's almost, no, it is physically impossible to sit up straight in my driver's seat. If I'm wearing a hat with any kind of brim in the back, I have to take it off to drive. Considering how much time I spend in my car, I have to wonder if the seat designers took that into account that I'm human and not a caterpillar in a cocoon. This cocoon isn't helping me. Have you ever heard that inside a cocoon is a worm that's determined to fly? That crawly bug has a goal, and it's not going to let that cocoon stay in its way. It's the end of 2019. In fact... This is my last podcast for this year. I invite you to go and listen to some of my back catalog, but I also ask you to consider the usual end-of-the-year reflections. Have you accomplished what you wanted in Toastmasters? 
I'm not talking about completing levels or getting awards or badges or taking on that club officer role or this district role. I'm talking about why you joined Toastmasters. I really doubt that you joined Toastmasters to get a badge. You probably never even heard of the Distinguished Toastmaster Award before you walked through our doors. Why did you join Toastmasters? Maybe you have a personal goal or professional goal that you believe Toastmasters could help you achieve. Does goal setting work for you? Honestly, New Year's resolutions just don't do it for me. But I just talked to a fellow Toastmaster last night who made a list of eight goals for the year, 2019, personal, professional, and social. He posted them on his bathroom mirror and beside his computer screen at work, so he sees them daily, even if he doesn't look at them closely. As the end of the year approaches, he says he's exceeded several of them and on track with the rest. Then there's the words goals. This one should appeal to speakers. There are people who select one, two, or three words that are going to motivate them and inspire them and help them define the coming year. This word encapsulates their goals for the year. How might these apply to your public speaking skills? I have to go back to the question, why did you join Toastmasters? One woman I know came to Toastmasters because she was scheduled to give a report about an overseas trip she'd just returned from where she provided medical care with another team. Yet another woman joined Toastmasters because her father told her she needed help with her public speaking. I joined because I was hired to be a speech and debate coach, and I wanted to prove my team that I was working like I expected them to work. I can't tell you how many people have come through the doors because of bosses. Some of you have even stayed. Were those goals? Setting a goal of being a better public speaker is very vague. You can't measure it. Not really. How would you? I think that may be a big goal, but it needs smaller parts that you can break down so you can measure. You could list the steps to improve and then maybe measure those. And within Toastmasters, we have several metrics to help you work the program that may be specific and actionable and realistic. But are they measurable? How do you judge when you've benefited from being in Toastmasters? A few years before I joined Toastmasters, I was a member of a non-Toastmasters organization. The new leadership didn't like me, and they tagged me as someone they wanted to get rid of. I was accused of being a leader, when all I thought was I was inviting my friend to come along and do something fun with me. Three years later, when that moment when I read the HPL, the High Performance Leadership Manual about servant leadership, I began to understand the mindset that was against me. That leader was highly authoritarian and weirdly afraid of me. That was the moment that I realized that Toastmasters had given me the tool to respond to that jerk. Okay, three years too late, but it was the first time I ever thought, Toastmasters has changed me. It made me better. It gave me a skill set that I would use when dealing with bullies in the future. And yes, for the record, I outlasted that leader by about eight years. 
This wasn't about public speaking, was it? But it was a defining moment to me. Was it measurable? Not at all. Maybe all goals aren't measurable. What I can say is that when we make the effort with the Toastmasters program, we see improvement. Maybe small at first. But we do see our skills and our comfort levels grow. What was so scary that we couldn't imagine doing it becomes fun. We learn to love that challenge. Since goals are supposed to be specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely, how do we judge Toastmasters goals by that metric? Again, I don't think that Toastmasters is a goal. It's a tool to get you to your personal goals. We're giving you the training to become a public speaker. We're giving you the stage to practice on and fail. That is priceless. We're giving you the time to build those skills in a safe place so you can take them out into the other parts of your life and use them. Maybe that's what you measure. Why did you join Toastmasters? It wasn't about awards and it wasn't about badges. But the positive value of these kind of metrics can't be denied. And stickers, who knew that stickers could be so motivating? Okay, any six-year-old with a smart parent knows that, but in Toastmasters, we've got levels to pass and badges to earn. And while we're getting those things, we are also improving our public speaking. I'm working on my posture this year, just so my evaluators won't be able to say anything about it. Are you setting Toastmasters goals for the coming year? I know so many people who want to get the classic program DTM and they are working so hard. They have plans. They have it all laid out, what they need to do and when. And I really respect that. That's not the kind of person I am, but I want to help them achieve what they want in their lives. If you're new to Toastmasters, welcome. We're glad to have you. Tell us what you want to do and we're going to help you do it. If you've been in Toastmasters for a long time, you know that there's still a long way to go and so much more to learn. And we want to help you do that. Thanks for joining us in Toastmasters 101 podcast this year. We're going to take the next couple of weeks off and enjoy our holidays here in the U.S. I'm sure that you have plenty of things to do and you need to work on your goals. Tell me what your goals are. Leave me a message on my Facebook page, Toastmasters 101 podcast. And let me know what your Toastmasters goals are for the coming year. Toastmasters 101 is a podcast production of Toastmasters District 10. Our music is from incompetech.filmmusic.io. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from District 10.